Good morning. Welcome to the edition of the Rich Urban Show, where we present news and views from God's point of view. I'm very happy to have Donna Joy on the show today. She's running for Board of Education here in Jefferson County, so please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Donna Joy, running for Board of Ed in Jefferson County. I'll just share with you why I feel like I'm the most qualified. Um, Let's see, I have, I taught special ed for 15 years. I have a master's degree in special ed. So I, um, and Eric, I, I feel that our current school board could use, we need help with the special ed, um, following special ed uh, federal state guidelines. Um, so I could be a big help there. Um, I have a PhD in educational measurement, statistics, research and evaluation. And that is necessary on the board to follow um, sound research using logic, um, you know, making research-based decisions, interpreting data, interpreting um, graphs. I, I, when I've, I've seen some of the board meetings I've been to and the superintendent can explain some of the things to the board, but the board seems to be dependent on the superintendent's explanation. And so the board needs to um, increase in that area. <laughs> no better way to okay. say that. All right. Um, okay, so let's see. I have um, taught math for 30 years, math and special ed, and at the high school, college level. And I also worked as a bookkeeper when I was going through college. So. I can look at budgets and um, financial reports quickly and easily analyze, look for errors, find uh, gaps or uh, ways to save money. Um, I am certified in all main subjects, including special ed. I supervise student teachers and principals dissertations. So I know the latest research on administration and supervision. And also, um, you know, the needs of new teachers. Okay. Well, let me interject one question. So, the, like, as a board of education, what do you think, like, the most, your most crucial role is? What would you say the most important role of the board of education is? Well, for me or in general? Either, either way, however you'd like to state it. Well, right now, I feel like our board needs a change. We, we need a, a, um, uh, some new, new ideas and um, new skill sets on the board. So that's the way I see um, for myself. So I think I could bring that. I'm not part of any, and I'm not part of the good old boy club, and I'm not part of any groups. Uh, I'm an independent. I do what's best for the kids. My motivation is education, improving the school system. As a citizen, I feel that it's my moral and ethical responsibility, given all my extensive background in education, um, to see what I could do to help, you know, to apply myself in that way. Um, okay. Yeah, you mentioned, I know you had the background in social education. I noticed that's a it's something you've been teaching that's on your like um, resume or you know, on your information on your website. So like what what are the most critical areas in the schools right now? Or they're like maybe the three most critical areas you think 
in Jefferson County. I know you mentioned special ed. Is that one of them? Can you talk about Yeah, it? special ed is, we have a serious problem um, in special ed. We stay out of compliance. So the school system gets sued often. Um, they're not meeting and, you know, so we lose money, but we're not um, addressing the needs of the kids that, um, you know, that really need help. There's a lot of reasons for that, but um, education and really requiring that we have a complete overhaul of the special ed program in Jefferson County Schools. Mm -hmm. So I believe that's needed. Okay. Is like our parents, I know in some jurisdictions, you know, have some experience like parents have sued the what are not, I don't know if they call it suing, but you know, they file, file complaints legally against school system for inadequate education. And then they'll ask like for a placement out of the system privately and the school has to pay for it. Is that a is that a uh, something that's happening around here, or that's not an issue? Um, yeah, that happens too. Um, we have more basic problems, so you know, I I don't want to sound too negative, but the truth is that this current administration and school board seems to want to minimize the number of students receiving services because they feel that it's a financial burden. And I'm saying that because I was in one of the court hearings and heard one of the board members explain that it was a burden to the school system. So what some school systems will do is they'll try to minimize the number that way they don't have to supply them with special ed teachers or other services um so that's illegal and we need to we need to stop that you know right now if a parent calls and says my child has a disability i want to get my child tested the the question will be is your child failing no no he's not failing well, honey, we can't, we can't help him if he's not failing. We don't have special ed services. We don't give them to kids unless they're failing. And that's illegal. That's not the basis for an IEP or extra help. Right. So, I mean, that's just one example. There's a lot of different reasons why um, parents complain. Um, they're just repeatedly turned away. The people in charge don't know federal laws you know that person that gave gives that answer um she's the director of special ed in the county and i mean she gave that answer to me um three four years ago and she still does it you know so i i know that and another administrator another high school when asked to explain dyslexia. She didn't know what it was. And she's the coordinator for special ed in high school. That, those are serious problems. So I, I'm talking more basic than you have educated um, wealthy families who just want to get extra for their kids. It, it's not that. We have kids that have severe problems that aren't getting the help they need. So yeah, I didn't I want to blow up. So, so if parents request like an evaluation, I know there's some time limit under the IDEA, I think it's called. Do they get it timely? No, not always. And so that that's another grounds for a lawsuit. 
So the school system doesn't know basic. Okay, I'll give you one example where the school system, it costs over $50,000 and it was because of a simple law. If a parent requests an evaluation of their child legally, the school system has to either say, yes, we will do this, or they'll say no, and then you have to have a due process hearing. So you can't just say no without a due process hearing. It's just that not everybody is up to par on federal regulations. So that would be one thing that I would want to see changed, that everybody that has anything to do with special ed services, that everybody be given the adequate information that's available to, to everybody. You know, it's not a um, mystery, but um, it has to be enforced. And when you have the philosophy that it's a burden, then it's not going to be enforced, you know, following the special ed requirements. Yeah, it seemed like that. that's. Uh, I could talk a lot about it. This is one of my passions. So I could go on and on just about special ed and issues with special ed, if you like. But I have, I was going to answer the two other problems. You said to give sure, us the Go one. ahead. Go ahead. Do that. Okay. So um, another problem is the um, maintenance. Every school that I've been in, the ceiling, the roof leaks, um, there's the heating and air conditioning problem. And then, you know, we have this whole um, Shepherdstown education complex that has to be built. The land's been sitting there for a few years now. Um, so, you know, just to maintain what we have and to uh, get it to, to where it's safe, um, the buildings and the, there's a track at uh, Jefferson High School, the track field needs to be fixed. Um, so, so that's another basic problem. Um, the third basic problem is the break in trust between the public and the school board and administration um, came about because there wasn't full disclosure and there hasn't been um, about a lot of things. So, but it blew up, you know, and so the county's been divided. So that needs to be mended. So we need to stress transparency, accessibility, and accountability. Right. Well, one of my neighbors I was chatting with, he mentioned, and I'm not super knowledgeable about, but that he, he didn't think the school board should be spending X many dollars on the Rockwell thing. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about, or are you talking about other things? I'm, I'm, I was talking about even before that, but that's all part of, yeah, that's one of the issues. Um, so the first problem was they didn't ask the public, you know, how do you feel about this, this pilot? You know, should we go along with it? So, you know, so a lot of people lost trust because of that, because they found out it was a secret deal. Well, then there was another group that mistrust, you know, lost trust because then they took what they claim we don't have money for special ed to begin with. And they took that and used it for lawyers to fight, you know, when it was a dead end fight because they have property already. The argument the school system used was illegal. And that's what I'm saying. They don't know basic 
basic laws about special ed. The, we have worked for over 50 years in this country to get special ed children to be included, you know, um, in the regular school system because they used to take all the special need kids and either throw them in the basement or, and they would eat lunch at the end of the day and they, they would end up cleaning the cafeteria, but, you know, eat by themselves. Um, they would isolate. And these are disabilities such as a child's gifted, but they have a language disability. The range of disabilities, they would just put all the kids together. And this was what Jefferson County School Board was suggesting. I mean, they did. They put these numbers together and said, "We have this many special needs kids in our, you know, in the county." Well, they didn't differentiate which type of need, so you're left to assume that their idea was to just take the kids with any kind of disability and put them in this education complex, you know, for 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 special needs kids. I mean, that was my interpretation, and I went to the hearing to try to understand what their intentions were. So anyway, that is not, that's illegal. That would put us backwards. Um, special ed rights activists, they want kids included as much as possible. And that's part of PL 94142, the, you know, the laws regarding um, special ed and inclusion. So, Okay. Yeah, that's so that's just one thing. And then, you know, it just doesn't sit right when you use the population that has been victimized the most, the special ed um, children, the children with special needs, they're the ones that are suffering the most because of this system, not getting their needs met. And so then they're being exploited and used to try to gain sympathy suddenly it didn't work for me because I had been through trying to get these changes made with the special ed system. So um, that really bothered me. And, you know, a lot of other people, the money that they spent, but just to lie. I mean, it wasn't true. Everybody knows it wasn't true. But I mean, most people, I, I, don't, I, I get so passionate and um, I don't want to sound negative, but right. so, it did cause a um, divide in the county. So we need to work to mend that so that we can trust the board. Okay. All right. Let me ask a question that's close to my heart. So, okay. you know, I'm wor working in the field of, you know, sexual health education, specifically absence-centered. So do you think, like, in those that kind of area, you know, sexual health education should you know, the expected standard for school-age children be, like, not to have sex before marriage. That was, two decades ago, that was stated, you know, in the so-called Title V funding. You know, that's the expected standard for school-age children. Wait to have sex, you know, till you're married. Is that a good idea to have that kind of um, whatever standard? What do you think? Absolutely. That's, that's, what would be my uh, request for a standard. Um, whether that, you know, the outside world has influence, but the goal of school should be to uh, focus on education and children's learning. You don't want them to be encouraged to do 
other sorts of outside activities that are going to distract them from the goal of learning. Uh, so that's part of it. But the health, for health reasons, um, they're not ready to be parents um, at, at that young of an age. They're not ready for the responsibilities and all the changes that happen when you're involved in a romantic relationship. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, that's what I teach my children and doesn't okay. mean it always happens, but um, in the world and there's a lot of influences. Absolutely, but at least uh, setting a standard. Okay, well, that's clear. Um, yeah. So you mentioned, I noticed you've been working on um, the getting a financial literacy requirement. Do you want to say anything about that? Did I tell you about that? I don't I saw it, no, but I read that on, I was reading your blog. So I saw oh, that. okay, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote stuff a while back, but um, so actually I just um, started, I was actually, when we started, I was typing something up about that. Yeah, I'm really passionate about students learning some basic practical skills. Again, going back to some basic um, education. When they graduate from high school, you know, they already know how to read and do adding and subtracting by the time they're in high school. If we could give them one skill that would help them in their lives, I think it's personal finance. And people think that, oh, it's just balancing a checkbook. It's mortgages, interest, uh, plan, estate planning, school loans, car loans, um, uh, bonds, stocks, IRAs, taxes. There's so much involved. And most adults don't know those, about those things. If we could teach kids these things, I think it would help them to save money, you know, learning about compound interest and, um, you know, investing now a little bit while they're in high school so that in 30 years, they might have something. They don't yeah. have to be dependent on the system. So I would think, I just, well, go ahead. Could I interject with you? Yeah, so did that used to be the kind of thing um, I know you're mentioning that just a couple weeks and civics isn't good enough, but did that kind of thing used to be or is included in like what used to be called home economics? I don't know if they're still offering that kind of, what is yeah. it called now? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No, home economics is um, just about setting a table, cooking, meal planning. I see. Uh, so it, that's not about um, anything to do with personal finance. I mean, okay. they might get into a budget for you know how much money you have to go grocery shopping but no that's not personal finance um okay it's never been a requirement and um and i believe that that is a skill that all students need because it's not an elective in life you know and it should be required yeah that, it seems logical i agree yeah, with that yeah that should be a nonpartisan issue <laughs> yeah so i wanted to ask one other thing so like with the current situation with the whole COVID-19, we know that has, you know, caused cancellation of the school year and so on. So what I want to ask is as school is resuming, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, hopefully in the fall, I guess now, I noticed like the CDC, the Centers for Decentral said, you know, oh, children should wear masks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 
you know, it seems like a highly dubious suggestion. I mean, well, yeah, that that kind of idea. What do you think about, or in general, how is this whole thing affecting things? Should it be uh, having so much effect, or do you have some opinions around that area? Well, um, I, I feel like there's too much of the unknown we don't know because every other day they change the story for me i make sure that i wear a mask when i go in public because i'm being polite but it's very difficult to breathe and um i don't think it's safe for everybody i believe that um hopefully pretty soon we're, we'll have some more uh, you know research-based uh information from the cdc but I just, it's, it's too um, controversial. We don't know enough about it yet. Um, and then as far as going back to school, I know that the board has already decided that they will offer both face-to-face uh, -face and online options. So I, I, that may be a way to meet the needs of the, the varying um, views on it. Wow, interesting. So yeah. there'll be like a it'll be almost like so we say it'll be almost like sort of like homeschooling or not really well i think it's more for the the higher level kids and um it's, they haven't shared any details i read about that in the newspaper so um i can imagine you know tell you what it might be and i can tell you what it should look like because I've taught online for 19 years. I actually wrote a book about online instruction. And there are, there's so many things you can do to help kids, especially kids with special needs with online instruction, but you have to do it right. And right now what they're doing is something they you know, slap together without anybody really knowing anything about you know, the research and online instruction. Right. Um, I mean, we have to use best practices. I teach at some universities that are, you know, they people, you know, they pay to go there and um, they want the best. And um, just basic, one basic idea um, is to use the platforms like uh, Blackboard, eCollege, Sakai, the colleges use those. Um, you have the video of the instructor. You can go to that at any time. You have a transcript of what's been said in case you need to read it. You can, you know, if you can't keep up with the teacher, you can pause and go back. Um, everything that you need should be in that class. You know, the syllabus, what's due, when. It really cuts down on the teacher never told me or the teacher saying, yeah, I assigned this. You just forgot. No, it's right there. So you have a record. Okay, I can see that. All right. Yeah. Well, as we're moving yeah, toward conclusion here, like how would you like for the voters, you know, so they can vote, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know it, like you, I was reading on your site, it can be a little confusing. So you can vote for three people. Mm -hmm. And I know there's some limit if there were too many people from one district, but basically, Barring that, the top three people will win, right? And so also tell us, you can comment on that, but also tell us how would you differentiate yourself from your opponent 10 or so or however many about 
opponents. What should people know why they should vote for you versus, you know, other people? Okay. Well, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, you can vote for up to three people. You can vote for one, two, or three from any district. It doesn't matter if you live in their district or if they live in your district. Um, but no more than two people can be on the board from any one district. So that, does that clarify? Yeah, I think so. So if, should that happen, then it would go to the next vote getter, oh, I assume. Yeah. yeah, so for example, Shepherdstown, if the, there's five people running from Shepherdstown district, one of them's really lives in Harpers Ferry, but they put her in the Shepherdstown district. Um, uh, magisterial district versus another district. Anyway, um, so if the top three uh, people, the top three vote getters are all from Shepherdstown, only those top two will get a seat. They'll have to go to the next highest from a different district. Got it. That's clear. Okay, so as people uh, look to vote on June 9th and like as we're saying, the school board will be elected on June 9th. There's like no, um, that that is the election, final election. What what? Uh, why should people vote for you? Differentiating you from the other candidates? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm the most qualified. Um, I'm I'm a career educator. I've been teaching for 33 years. I don't have any personal ties to. Uh, several board members, you know, they have a lot of old family and connections with businesses. And, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to be on the board to help. And um, out, of, out of, like I said, my ethical and moral responsibility to help, I have the skills that could help. I have more skills that the school board needs than, you know, other candidates, um, which is unfortunate because we don't have we're, it looks like we have 11 people, but we don't really have 11 people. Three of them aren't even showing up for forums, you know. So, um, so that's one thing. I'm the most qualified. I'm passionate. And I didn't just, uh, you know, move here two weeks ago, you know, a year ago and think it's a cool thing for one issue. I have several issues and they're all related to education and helping the children. And I have a track record of helping the school system. I've been teaching here for eight years. And the whole time I've been here, I have put my job and my reputation on the line dealing with issues such as the school system has a policy or had it until hopefully they took it down after I spent a whole year, you know, dealing with the state employee grievance board to get that fixed. But they had a policy that allowed them to hire long-term subs over certified teachers. You have a list of certified teachers applying for these jobs. They don't even get interviews. Wow. Meanwhile, and, and this was a policy. They'll tell the public, we don't, we, you know, that's all we can get. And people assume that because, yeah, it is hard to get teachers when they leave for higher pay. But that's not the whole story. So I've worked very hard to um, get a lot of policies changed. I mean, I could spend the next two days explaining the issues that I've dealt with on my own, you know, so it's, it, I didn't just um, 
I'm not temporary, you know, I'm here okay. to stay and I will always be trying to improve the schools wherever I'm living, you know, my community because that's my forte. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to come on today. We'll put this up on video and podcast and hopefully many, uh, you know, voters will watch it and they, so they can make it an informed choice. They can vote for, remember you can vote for three people, up to three or three, you know, uh, on um, June 9th. So yeah, thank you for uh, coming on. I'm your host, Richard Urban. And thank you for joining us and we will see you next time.